On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Monday's Experts on Sky Sports Radio and looking forward to our chat this morning with Sydney Cup winning jockey Rachel King. It's an opportunity, as always, in this segment to find out a little bit about the story behind the name. And R. King is a name we've been seeing in form guides here in Sydney for many years now and in that winner's stall. And Rachel joins me on the line. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Great to talk to you on Monday's Experts. Uh, are you still on a high from Saturday there, winning that Sydney Cup? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I haven't come down yet. <laughs> and I heard on radio this morning your mum's in town. Is that the first time that she's seen you win a, a big race here in, in Sydney? It is, yeah. Look, she's um she's been over before, but sort of during winter time. Um, so no big races. So it was, it was great to have her here for, for a big day on Saturday. Gee, she might be a lucky charm. You'll have to get her to keep coming back for these yeah, big I think days. So. <laughs> yeah, she's not going home. <laughs> Outstanding. Let's talk about you, though, because we've been seeing uh, this name, Rachel King, in our form guides, as I suggested. We see you having success, but I want to know a little bit about your story. So, you grew up in the UK. What part of the UK did you grow up in? Uh, just near Oxford. Okay, and where, where is Oxford? I'm not very well travelled, so where's Oxford um, from London? Probably sort of an hour from London. Not okay, <laughs> and and what about what type of area is that? Is it uh, residential? Is it farming? What what type of area? Um, we sort of always uh, lived kind of more country sort of area, but um, look, Oxford's a quite a decent sort of sized city. Um, but we always lived sort of just outside of Oxford um, with a bit of space, and yeah, lived in more more of a sort of country area. So you were always have been around horses in the family. Yeah, that's right. So uh, mum and dad have always had horses. Dad was sort of uh, used to ride over jumps um, as an amateur um, and then always trained a couple of horses as well. So definitely uh, bred into me to be in the horse industry. And have you got uh, siblings, brothers, sisters? Uh, yeah, we've got two older brothers. Um, they like watching the racing but don't want to go near a horse. So they, right. they're <laughs> totally different. They, um, they did sort of start riding as as kids but were pretty quick to to stop that and go on and do different things i was the only one that wanted to keep going on horses what was it about the horse so do you do you do you remember your first experience with maybe a family horse or you know being around stables what what's your first memory of 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 horses um look i can't i can't remember to be honest not being on a horse it's one of those where i just I think I was um, always very keen to be to be on a on a pony or on a horse at home. We were lucky to have horses at home, so it was very convenient. Um, but I, yeah, I can't remember ever really not being around them and not wanting to be to be riding. It was always, you know, just part of me growing up. Um, never wanted to do any different anything different, and always knew that you know horses were always going to be a big part of my life, whether it was a career or or what. I wasn't sure, but. Um, there was certainly no changing my mind. <laughs> we're chatting with Rachel King this morning on Monday's Experts. So we're growing up in and around horses, Rachel. Uh, you already sound like you got more ticket than your older brothers. Were they scared of the uh, horses, were they? <laughs> I think they just probably had more sense. They didn't want to get cold and wet and, you know, be out there in winter or falling off and things like that. So, they, yeah, they were, were – they, like I said, they enjoy the racing and they still both go to the races and, and watch and things like that and – they're quite happy to watch me do it, but 
yeah, I think they they were keener to find a you know more secure um, career path, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, what about yourself then? So, growing up, was it always that you wanted to become a jockey, or was it something? You know, were you leaning a different way? Say when you were starting school, etc. No, I always wanted to be a jockey. That was it. I just like I can't even remember wanting to do anything else. So, I did want to be a, a jumps jockey, um, just because that was sort of what. I, how I was, you know, what I was brought up around. That's what Dad did. Um, they were the kind of horses I was, I was around. So you know, and I and I did ride over jumps um, for quite a few years to start with, and and really enjoyed it. But yeah, definitely, I'm not built to probably be a jump jockey. <laughs> I'm definitely too small to be doing that. But had a lot of fun doing it, and certainly wouldn't change it because I think it it's helped my riding in the long run. So in the UK, for our listeners, obviously here in Australia, there's opportunities where you can get uh, apprenticeships and you sort of, you know, maybe start with a an opportunity in a metro area and you ride in country areas and you work your way up like we've seen with a lot of the apprentices here. How does it work in the UK? So you're you're in school. Um, is there is it a conversation you have with mum and dad saying, right, I want to be an apprentice jockey? And then do you, do you still have it? You know, do you still go to school while you're in that apprenticeship? How does it work in the UK? Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's similar in the way, obviously, the apprentices and things, but don't have the the different areas, the sort of country, provincial city racing. It's just basically all one area. Um, it's more, probably more common over there to start as an amateur. Um, so sort of equivalent to kind of picnic racing here, I guess, start doing that and then progress towards being um, even a, an apprentice on the, the flat or a conditional um, over jump. So um, for me, I sort of started as a, an amateur over jumps um, and yeah I did that for a few years riding in the point to points which is like the amateur jump racing which is yeah similar to picnic racing but probably um, not as many running rails <laughs> sort of in the middle of a field most of the time wow. uh, very, very amateur very um, I mean, it's, it's a big it's quite a big industry now but it's where a lot of horses and jockeys start off but it's um, yeah very very amateur there's no sort of you know changing rooms or anything like that it's a bit different um so I did that to start with and then I sort of went a bit away from the jumps racing and I did turn apprentice but I think I lasted about six months um I think I rode one winner the whole time and just really struggled to sort of get going so ended up actually turning back to um an amateur and and had a bit more fun doing that but I was I was sort of working um as a a racing manager alongside that, so working for a trainer called Clive Cox and working in the office and, and then riding sort of on the weekends, really. So you were booking yourself for the horses? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, what about if you, before we get to your adventure to Sydney, if you hadn't have become a jockey, what else were you very good at? What else did you excel at in life? Oh, I honestly don't, like I just didn't have any other interests, really. I mean, I was sort of quite a I think having two older brothers was like sporty in the way, like I played sport at school and things, but it was always, you know, I got up early before school to ride the ponies. I came home, rode the horses. Like it was just, there was nothing, you know, any different really. It was, I don't think I ever thought about doing anything different and I don't think anyone could push me into doing anything different. That was it. I was pretty set um, on what I was going to do. I sort of, As soon as I left school, I actually moved out of home and, and went to Ireland to start riding over there. Um, I was so sort of keen to get going. I just wanted to start riding in races as soon as possible. 
Okay, so I didn't know about Ireland. So you went to Ireland for a period of time. Again, was that was that jumps riding in Ireland or was that yeah. flat riding? Yeah, jumps riding. So I had my first um, my first ever actual race ride was was in Ireland um, over the jumps. So they just their season started a bit earlier than the English season. So it was just a yeah, basically me just wanting to to get over there and, and get started. When was your first flat race ride? Um, I think it was probably a couple of years after that. So it would have been around, I'm trying to think now, um, probably 2008, something like that, 2007, wow. 2008. Um, so that was just like as an amateur. They sort of would have quite a few like ladies amateur flat races. So just be mm. literally one race on the day of a, of a normal card. Um, so you just, just go there for one race. We see it uh, now in what 2022, and I think we're going to continue to see it. And I think it's it's fantastic the the participation from uh, females in the sport and female jockeys dominating and uh, and riding extremely well and and only getting bigger and better um, and really you know sticking it to the blokes, which I love. Uh, what about at that time when you were riding in sort of that late early part of the the first decade of the 2000s? Was there a stigma? What did you find it difficult? Um, to be getting opportunities because you're a female? Uh, yeah, look, it definitely was difficult. Um, I think it's changed a lot now. It's definitely progressed a lot. But like I said, the, you know, they had specific races for lady jockeys, which is sort of, you know, you wouldn't probably see that kind of here much. And um, it did make it difficult to sort of break through. And it was still quite sort of old school, I guess, in that way that, you know, some that there were sort of Haley Turner was kind of riding at that stage where she was obviously very successful, but there wasn't many apart from that. Um, there was there was a few in the amateur ranks, but being a professional, it was it was really hard to sort of break through. And and I guess there was still yeah those girls that were trying to pave the way, which they have done now, but it, it definitely took a few years. When did the trip to Australia uh, first get planted in your head in terms of an opportunity? And then why did you jump on the play? Uh, so I thought about coming when I so I'd sort of had my little stint for six months or so as an apprentice and gone back to being an amateur. And then I sort of thought of just carried on doing that for a while while I was being a racing manager in football. I want to give it one more go. I want to try and turn back um, apprentice again, give it another go and, you know, try and do it at the right time of year though. And it was just coming into winter. So I, wasn't really ideal um, to be starting then over in England because it's a lot of sort of all-weather racing. It's not great racing. And I thought, well, it's going to be just going to give me an opportunity to, to not want to do it again. So I thought I'd come, you know, and try and just improve myself um, and learn a bit and learn how to sort of ride to the clock and things like that, which I'd never done before. So that was why I originally came. It was only for two months. Um, that's what, what pushed me to come. But it, yeah, it was once once I got here, I then sort of realised with the opportunities that it, it might be the best place to to have a go. So you land in, I presume, Sydney, and was it organised already before you got here that you would be, you know, basing at Ramwick and you'd be doing some some stuff with Gay, or was there other people involved that I've missed in the story? Um, yes, yeah, so I, I came straight to Sydney, um, but I, I'd had a friend sort of help organise um, a job. Actually, my first job for those two months was for James and Bart Cummings when they were together. So um, that was my first first job in, in Sydney. And, yeah, that just was only there for sort of two months. And it was after that two-month stint um, that I applied for the job at, at Gaze. And that's when I came back and sort of started full-time for her. 
Well, okay. And you'd never sort of worked in those sort of training conditions before, had you? No, no. I was used to, you know, middle of Lambourne, which is sort of countryside and um, straight gallop, not round a track wow. and things like that. So very different. What was it like getting to, to Ramwick for the first time? Was that daunting? Yeah, it was a bit, definitely. Um, it's definitely sort of nothing, like I hadn't experienced anything like that before. So it was, yeah, very different, but, but very enjoyable, you know, so many that's a good thing about being I guess at a racetrack like that there's so many people around and, and so many good people you know within the industry that we're always happy to help and, and happy to help you learn we're chatting with Rachel King this morning on Monday's Experts about her career and obviously the success of Saturday winning the Sydney Cup Rachel so you're riding you get the opportunity to to be there with with Gay Waterhouse tell us a little bit about working for Gay um, yeah, I loved it, to be honest. <laughs> it was um, different, definitely. Look, Gay's a, a character, as we all know, but, you know, she couldn't have helped me any more. She, she definitely pushed me to be better all the time. Um, I even ha- She was sort of found out that I'd been a racing manager in England, so she wanted me to actually do that for her to start with. So <laughs> I had to, had to really push her the, to sort of let me ride and, you know, make her realise that was what I came here for. But, you know, it was, I had amazing experience I mean, the first 12 months I worked there I actually I didn't race ride I didn't even have a license I literally just rode work for her but I did a lot of traveling she um she sent me to the sort of Brisbane carnival like in, in sort of in charge of all her horses up there I think I had seven horses up there that I I had to do everything with and ride work and then I even took a horse of hers to America to the Belmont Derby so I had a, a really sort of eventful first 12 months um before then actually starting to race ride for her. Do you remember your first ride here in Australia? Uh, my first ride was at Tamworth on a horse called Run Cannon Run. Did it win? It did. <laughs> Do you remember? Can you just shut your eyes and remember the race like it was yesterday? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It was pretty simple. Well, to be honest, it was like one of gays. I just went to the front and kept going. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And and when when did you find that the momentum really started to to increase on your behalf in terms of, you know, those opportunities and, right, you weren't just going to be the racing manager or the travelling foreman. You were going to be, you know, a the, the leading apprentice here in Sydney. Um, probably sort of the last year I rode as, as an apprentice um, was when I probably got the most momentum up. Like, I, I managed to outride. I'd sort of outridden my country claim quite quickly, got through my provincial claim, and then I was, you know, in the city and I finished my city claim sort of six months before my apprenticeship ended so once I was able to do that and my momentum kept going um you know I realized I sort of well hopefully secured my spot um in Sydney racing and and that's when I sort of probably felt most comfortable uh, about where I kind of got to. Did you ever along the journey have any doubts or did, were you thinking geez am I have I, have I pulled the right rein here so to speak? Uh, yeah, definitely. Look, it definitely went through my head. You know, you start thinking, you know, should I have just gone back home and, and tried it back there? But, I mean, I was lucky in the way I did have sort of success straight away and, and had really good um, guidance, obviously, by Gay and Adrian. And it made me sort of confident to, to definitely stay and, and keep going. And, um, I mean, success helps. <laughs> it would be tricky if, if you weren't having the success, but definitely riding winners and Sort of winning premierships and things like that um, really helped along the way. What was it like to win that uh, an apprentice premiership title? Yeah, it was, it was great. Like it was, um, it was hard. Like I said, I outrode my claim for the six months before the season ended. So 
I knew it was going to be tough. Um, everyone else chasing me had their claims and I had nothing. So it was really hard, but that's where, you know, I had a lot of really good support from owners and trainers and no one stopped giving me that support just because my claim had gone. So it was, um, yeah, a good, a really sort of big achievement to, to be able to hang on and, and still win it. And as an apprentice, what was your, your biggest win? Um, oh, biggest win before that was, I think I had sort of group three enlisted winners as an apprentice, but um, it was just after I came out of my time that I won my first group one. But I know my first stakes winner was actually a Wagga Cup for Gay, so that was that was a big one. Um, and then I won a, a couple of group races on Lanciado for Martin Newnham. He was probably one of my best horses I rode as an apprentice. Yeah, I remember that um, with Lanciado. He, he'd sort of get back and just go whoosh, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a good fun horse to ride and it was, a good horse as well because, you know, I'd ridden a lot for gay and you do sort of get labelled a little bit as a, a front-running rider. Um, so to be able to win a few races on him, he'd always be that last and have to come out wide. But he, he was a, had an amazing finish on him and I really enjoyed riding him. You're riding the Sydney Cup and we're chatting with Rachel King this morning on Monday's Experts. The Sydney Cup just gone. You were just talking before about you landed in Australia after being the amateur and riding some jumps and not uh, really ever being trained to read the clock, so to speak, um, when you, you rode the, you read the clock beautifully on Saturday in that Sydney Cup. Um, were you surprised that they didn't attack you more in the run? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, you know, I, I did think I was going a good enough speed that it was probably unlikely I'd get annoyed too much. But just you know, knowing one of gaze when they can get it that comfortably in front, you know, they're always tough to run down. So I mean, I guess it's hard for the jockeys following, they know they've got to try and run 3,200 and there aren't that many that can keep up with one of Gay and Adrian's horses, you know, at, at that sort of solid tempo. So it's, it's tough to chase them, but it was definitely, definitely went, you know, crossed my mind that someone might come and try and attack me a bit earlier than, than um, what happened. What's the feeling? I mean, coming to the top of the rise, you're clearly travelling. Um, you, you, you can hear the, that roar of the crowd. What's that feeling like on Saturday? Uh, it was incredible. Look, it was um, gave me confidence because I, I sort of I knew I had you know I didn't even have to go for the stick yet. I couldn't really hear anyone coming, um, which you never quite know if it's a good thing or a bad. But whether you just can't hear them or whether they're not there, <laughs> I was just hoping it it was the case that they weren't there. Um, but yeah, I was just trying to I guess keep focused and keep you cool. And I've had quite a few seconds in Group One, so I was not getting too confident too quickly. Did you get emotional? Uh, yeah, a bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm not one of those that really sort of, you know, I'm not going to probably stand up and salute because that's not really me. But, um, yeah, look, it was it definitely was emotional. And like I said, doing it for Gay and Adrian and, and having mum there, it was it made it extra special. And do you, get, do you find um, when you achieve moments like this, um, and obviously you get, you get time to really start to absorb it over the next couple of weeks and years, every time you look at that trophy, you'll you remember that moment, but right there at that point in time, as you're galloping past the post, you you sort of remember everything, where you, all those battles you've had, all the time you've had, and, and then you may even think back to where it all began, and there you are on the one of the world's biggest stages doing something that you'd always dreamed of achieving. Yeah, it's definitely a, a good moment to reflect, I guess, um, and remember, you know, all the, the hard work and things like that, and it just reminds you that it that it's worth it. You know, you do get you get some weekends when it's the complete opposite, and you think, well, God, what am I doing? You know, what 
what to do all this hard work for, but um, to get a reward like that definitely just reminds you why you do it and you know, why we get up early and, and do all the track work and the trials and things like that. It makes it a lot easier. I always ask my guests this, Rachel. Uh, obviously, that would have been number one on the pile in terms of um, wanting to, to achieve a goal, a dream. That's now happened on Saturday. So there's obviously got to be a re- readjustment there. What's what's next? What's the one mountain you want to climb and, uh, and achieve? Um, well, I mean, even before Saturday, I always said I wanted to ride another Group 1 winner after having my first one. And I yeah. think having two makes me even more hungry to keep just <laughs> keep doing it and keep riding more. So, yeah, look, I can't wait to try and get that next one. Um, and just, to be honest, any of those big races, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to aim for and, and try and get another big one on, on the mantelpiece. would be really nice. What's the best thing about racing here in Sydney, in your opinion? Um, look, for me personally, it was you know the opportunities I've had, but the, these big days, there's, there's there's nothing like it. You know, there's um, sort of the crowd and the atmosphere is is really good, and um, the support I've had has been incredible and made it made it easier. But yeah, it's, it's um, there's certainly very big, you know, great days out. Um, like I said, the atmosphere is great, and the the support you get from everyone. How did you celebrate Saturday night? Uh, we went out with the sort of a few owners and, and Adrian um, and was able to celebrate. And it was great to be able to take mum out and introduce her to plenty of people. So it was really nice. Yeah, she must be thinking, how good's this? I've just landed, <laughs> winning group ones. This, this is outstanding. Not sure how I'm going to top it now after last weekend. <laughs> it's a bit tough. <laughs> and what about the, the brothers? Did they have a little investment? They like going to the races? Did they trust you and have something on? Oh, I don't know if they did, but they oh. <laughs> they definitely watched, so they were very proud. <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Don't get them to have a wager on you because yeah. uh, they don't want to weigh you down. <laughs> that's it. What about the rest of the carnival? Um, obviously, you've, you've achieved what you have on Saturday. Is there anything sort of looking ahead that you're you know excited for? Maybe for this all aged weekend, or of course it'll go. We'll go Scone into Hawkesbury and then up to Queensland. So, anything in the next couple of weeks you're looking forward to? Um, oh, probably nothing sort of specific, I guess. But um, another another nice nice race before the carnival ended would be great um, and hopefully we can just keep getting a few of these opportunities and especially in the sort of lightweight races. Before I let you go and I really appreciate your time this morning because I know you've been at the trials um, it's quite incredible who listens to these podcasts and who listens to these particular uh, shows. Um, I was recently travelling somewhere and I had Alicia Collard on the program a couple of weeks ago and we spoke you know about the start of her career etc etc and I was travelling out to the country last week and a, a young female came up and spoke to me about how she loved what Alicia had to say and she actually wants to one day hopefully become a, a jockey herself. What advice would you give a young Rachel King if she was listening to this podcast right now? Um, well, it's tricky. Um, I guess, I mean, it sounds a bit sort of cliche, but just, you know, don't give up on, on what you want, what you love and, and that dream, you know, that's, for me, like that was always the dream growing up. <laughs> I never wanted to do anything else. Um, <clears throat> sorry, and um, yeah, just something. Uh, I think it's important to not give up on that, and you know, keep working hard for it because hard work does pay off. It might take a while, but it does pay off. Um, and yeah, just keep working towards that. If you if you want it enough, it'll happen. 
And I think that's a beautiful way to end. Rachel, well done on Saturday, winning the Sydney Cup. Great that you could share that moment with some family. Great that you can continue this success. And thanks so much for joining us this morning on Monday's Experts and having a chat about your life, the name behind, or the story behind Rachel King. Thanks, mate. No problem, thanks.